Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second season of For the Love of Books podcast, featuring Indian small press authors with host Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavan, the Lowell Ledger, and Modern History Press. Together, we've been bringing your new homegrown stories for more than 120 years. That's a lot of storytelling. Today, my guest needs no introduction. He makes home in Muskegon and is best known for his Masterson files and short story anthologies. But you better watch out. You don't want to be on this guy's bad side <laughs> because you will end up, well, in one of his fear anthologies, if you're lucky. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Emma, hello. How are you today? I'm excellent. Excellent. Andrew believes that fear is at the core of who we are, and he likes to write his way inside your mind. Let's talk about your newest release, Another Slice of Fear. This is your second short story anthology about fear. What is it about fear that you like? I mean, most people are afraid of fear, or are they really? They scream on roller coasters and they seek out haunted houses. Or do we seek out only specific types of fear? Explain that to us. You're the master. You're the master of fear. Fear, fear is a lot of fun and it's different for a lot of different people. There are lots of people that are attracted to the feeling, that rush of adrenaline, that feeling of excitement, uh, the, the idea that is it fight or is it flight and horror movies, roller coasters, haunted houses, asylums. There's so many things that just make people tingle inside. And it really has the effect of making people feel alive. Uh, at the same time, there are people that are terrified of other things, uh, spiders, snakes, uh, and uh, a, a series of items that go bump in the night that make people jump up and scream and not want to face it. Uh, fear is uh, an excellent motivator, and we find that uh, things from the media on down uses fear to motivate us uh, in a variety of ways. And I just use fear to entertain people. Uh, if, they, if they are interested, I will try to get inside their minds, and at least a few of my stories will affect them in one way or, an, or another. Do you sometimes scare yourself with your stories, in your stories? You know, it's kind of strange. I, if I find fear in front of me, I do my best to face it and overcome it. And I usually uh, don't feel squeamish fear in pretty much any situation. But I try to think of what if I was a different person? What if I saw this a different way? And uh, I think about other people. For example, uh, in Inside Another Slice of Fear, there is a treatise because one of the people in a, a group that we were working on said that they were deathly afraid of spiders. So I wrote her a story uh, that uh, kind of jumped inside of that idea of spiders around her. And understanding how that fear works is uh, pretty amazing. When I was younger, I was afraid of everything. Now I'm old and not so afraid anymore. Is it because of wisdom or experience? or your, that your perspective has changed on, on fear? Uh, the answer to that question is 
Yes, uh, I would say that some of it would be considered wisdom. Some of it would be considered experience. Some yeah. of it would be considered my per perception on the world anymore. Uh, but a lot of it is, is there really aren't a lot of things to really be seriously afraid of. Um, instead, there are a lot of things to be excitedly curious about uh, and obviously finding fear and finding new and exciting ways of experiencing it is one of those things. Absolutely. You've seen your first horror at age six, The Blob. How has that inspired your horror writing for the rest of your life? Well, that's a funny story because I was six years old and here I was in first grade. They wouldn't allow it nowadays, uh, but the school actually showed the movie The Blob uh, and I was sitting here watching Steve McQueen and uh, this thing squeezing out and eating people. And the scene at the very start of the movie was the one that gave me that first mega jump that I had ever really had. And it was when there was an old man in the woods and he saw a meteorite fall and he's poking at it with a stick and this gooey stuff gets on the stick and he's slinging it down and all of a sudden it jumps and grabs his hand. And when it jumped and grabbed his hand, I jumped. And so did everybody else that was inside of the little auditorium. Uh, and I was fascinated by how it made me feel. Uh, and from that point on, I really, uh, fear was something that I was, wow, this is cool. At the same time, because of my past Fear was pretty much an everyday thing for other reasons, but you you learned to, wow, I recognize this, I feel it, and uh, I find a way to address it. And throughout your writing career, have you tried to emulate this moment, you know, to grab your readers with this blob moment? Yeah, I, a lot of what I try to do in many of my books, uh, even the Masterson Files or the Eternal Forever, uh, and obviously in my short stories, is to have that key linchpin, uh, which is building up the, the slime is slowly moving up the stick and you feel that there's something that could happen. You're not sure exactly what, and then all of a sudden it grabs you. And many of the stories that I have have that, that jump fear. Now, the other side is there are some stories that are just macabre. They kind of ease their way into your mind. And then you wonder, uh, okay, uh, I'm not feeling so comfortable about this anymore, which is another way to get to fear. Suddenly you're immersed in it and you didn't even realize you got there. So there are lots of ways. And I've read so many books and uh, it, either from, uh, all of the different classics and amazing books, including The Shining, which was one of my early, wow, that was an amazing book, uh, to all of Dean Koontz and uh, a variety of other authors that are just, just super. And I wanted to do my best to emulate them. It, it's kind of funny, though, one of the short stories in the, the book, Another Slice of Fear, uh, may may need to go into a full a full story. Uh, both the reviewers and uh, several people have written to me and said this needs to be more. We'd like to know more, and it would be a, a series of scares and a, a series of very different things. Which story is that in your new book? The, that story is called Monster. Monster. Uh, 
It is, it is a story about a monster that is ancient, that has been around uh, since before the time of the dinosaurs and who has always been a predator. And the, the monster is just bored. Uh, and so it sits in a cage and was captured, but it doesn't care to escape and doesn't want to do, to do really anything. But in the process of being in this uh, little uh, curiosity show, uh, the the monster befriends uh, 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 one of the employees and suddenly realizes that there's something to live for again. The story is scary. The story is emotional. And the story has such an open ending that several people have said you should do more with it. What inspired these 16 stories? And how long did it take you to write them? Uh, I wrote the stories over time. And uh, I had decided, because of the size of the book, that I wanted to write 15 stories in each of the slices of fear. I'm already working on the next one. And I, I find that occasionally, I just want to write a short story. So I'll be working on my books or working on another book and I'll stop and I'll have this idea and I'll turn it into a short story uh, and I will set that aside in a folder. I wanted it to be 15, but in the first book, A Slice of Fear, uh, there was a story called The Edge, uh, which was about a, a handicapped girl that found a sword that had unique and special properties. And I received so many positive remarks about The Edge and so many people questioning it that I made the second book 16 stories, 15 original new stories, and the 16th is called Edges, and it is a continuation of the story from the first book. So it has now become a serial story that I will also include in the third book, uh, so that there will be a, a constant continuation uh, of that particular story, just because it has fans. That's awesome. Okay, let's slice through these stories. A man finds the secret to immortality, or does he? Can you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, that, that's an interesting and fun, uh, a fun little romp into your mind. People are fascinated and afraid of death. Uh, and obviously, you know, death is something that we all eventually have to face. And inside of some ancient scrolls, a man finds uh, a formula that actually turns out to be possible and begins creating this formula with the help of his assistant. And uh, I won't ruin it, but uh, what ends up happening is not everything is as it seems. And yes, okay. the formula was for immortality, but there are a few more things going on in the background. Uh, so uh, it explores death and uh, how the human mind works and the way that we should really pay attention to to how we want to approach the world. All right, the next one, a selfish woman gets eternal servitude for a price. What's the price? Or let's not spoil it, but just tease uh, it. Let's tease it. <laughs> that, that story is actually a revenge story. And uh, there, uh, a father finds a young woman uh, who actually had indirectly caused her son's death. And uh, he, he creates uh, a, a very uh, special way to keep her taken care of forever, but he wants to make sure that uh, she maybe suffers a little along the way. Uh, 
it, it's a, a unique revenge story. Uh, and uh, the last few lines of the story are nearly uh, shocking, uh, simply because you're not sure what was happening. And then all of a sudden you realize that uh, his, his intentions were far more devious and brutal than what was expected. Uh, fun, fun read. Uh, and I've gotten lots of good feedback from it. Okay, the next one. A monster awakens and has to decide who is the monster. That was monster. And uh, one of the things that was said by a reviewer was uh, that uh, it's a, uh, a clearly a story written about how the human mind works and how treacherous humans were. And it's, it's really a little different because when I got the review, I looked at it and I thought, well, this is something I didn't intend to write, but it is, uh, it is a, a story that really delves into how we treat each other and uh, how people as a whole, uh, uh, work in a very difficult situation. All righty, a family fortune is saved by unlikely allies. What kind is that fun. one all about? <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice paranormal, it's kind of a fun story uh, about a, a family that uh, is centered in this huge uh, town and they're about to lose everything because the town is dried up and uh, because of it, uh, a few specters come to help, and uh, it uh, turns it turns the economy around in a unique way. A man wins a special vacation for the newly almost divorced. <laughs> that is a. Uh, I actually was going to a tanning bed and talking to one of the people uh, while I was uh, waiting for a bed to become available. And then I, when I went back into my tanning bed, uh, because I was getting ready to uh, go on a trip and didn't want to burn, uh, I go back and the top of the bed falls in on me and closes in on me. So uh, I'm pretty giant and I'm trapped inside of this bed. And while I was in there, I thought, huh, what would happen if somebody was gonna do this on purpose? And I wrote a whole story around it uh, with uh, some pretty interesting reasons that people would have a bed like that. And so it, it made it a, a good jumpy bit of fun. And you've touched on this one a little bit on the edge. And are you ready to see how deep the rabbit hole can go? Absolutely. Uh, I, I always, let's see how far we can take fear. And it was interesting. I got three solid reviews back from it already and a fourth review online now. And uh, each of the reviewers looked at the different stories as their favorite. Uh, so I, I had one of the stories that, or one of the reviewers that looked at the story apprehension and they were uh, just, that terrified them because it was about a battered woman and how, how she was treated by her narcissistic husband. Uh, another uh, one of the stories was by someone who had read my first book and they really loved The Edge and the second piece uh, of The Edge called Edges. And then the third person talked about a lot about different pieces, but they're the one that were very into the story monster 
Uh, and uh, they also made note that there is a story about uh, a girl, Kate, and the story is written, it's called The Boathouse, but it's from three very different perspectives. It's from uh, the actual antagonist, which is uh, someone called Andrew, like me. Uh, there is a, uh, the protagonist, which is Kate, and then there is a monster in the middle, which is Chrysala, and each of the perspectives are very different, but it's the same story. And this particular reviewer uh, stated that it actually says that things aren't always as they seem. And uh, the, the story shows that because each of the three characters has very different motivations for making things the way that they are. And if every one of them would have known the other's motivation, things probably would have gone a little better. Right, right. So has any one of these stories appeared as like the all time favorite one or no, not necessarily? Not, not necessarily yet. I, I've gotten the most reaction out of monsters so far. Okay. Uh, and uh, it, it's simply because it's a horror story. Uh, it has fear intertwined in it. And at the same time, it has uh, a heart. Uh, it has uh, a little bit of action, actually maybe a lot of action, uh, and it makes you question what's happening uh, even in our world today. It makes you question what's, what's going on. I also had some people write to me, there's a story called Countdown, and Countdown is a unique story. It almost isn't horror uh, it's more of a speculative fiction story, but it's about uh, aliens and uh, some scary things going on. Uh, but it has such a nice twist uh, and such a twist in the unknown uh, that I've had a couple people write to me and say, oh, what was your inspiration for this? I wish it would happen today uh, because it involves uh, an assassin and uh, some, some people in politics. So it, it was kind of a, a very different approach to the world. So which one is your favorite one out of these 16? Good question. I think I'm gonna stick with Monster. Simply with Monster? I like the Monster. Why? Uh, Tell the, us why. <laughs> uh, I, I like the Monster because looking at a creature and the the actual setup of the story uh, is this uh, basically a menagerie has this monster in it, but it also has a small dragon and unicorns uh, and uh, many mythical creatures that this ringmaster had caught over time. And many, all of these creatures were thought to be extinct and he kept them as curiosities so that he could attract people to see them and so he could make money. And uh, it, it delves into the, the idea that we are either mortal and constantly evolving or we are eternal. Well, what, is the, what if there is an eternal monster uh, that can virtually annihilate us all, uh, that, that could wipe out whole populations of animals in the past or who uh, preyed on the dinosaurs at one time and is still alive? And that, that whole what if there, uh, after a while, that type of creature would get bored. After all, wasn't it Alexander that wept when he realized there were no more worlds to conquer? 
And here you have a monster that's seen everything now in uh, this short-lived mammal called humans that, eh, it's humans, why should I care? And also finding that person that could make him care again, that, that's, that's an interesting approach. And I really liked the inspiration for the story and I had a lot of fun writing it. What sets you apart from other horror authors? You know, I've asked myself that question many times. Uh, what I try to do, I have read so much horror. What I try to do is miss what they've written, not repeat it, not do the same old thing. Uh, I see lots of people that mimic the, the famous monsters, whether it be vampire, mummy, etc. And yes, occasionally I'll do something like that, but I try to stay away from it. I try to go more with something that's new and unique. Uh, with Monster, I did that uh, with the boathouse and uh, the idea behind Chrysala, the monster. Uh, I, I wanted it to, to be something different, something that uh, wasn't like everything else. I guess you could say I'm I'm kind of tired of all the reboots and remakes of the same thing and oh, yeah. I want to do something new. What have you learned about yourself from writing about fear? Uh, the, that I need to find, find more ways to scare people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the best thing. I think you have succeeded. According to our supporter, Diana Duell, you have succeeded in scaring a lot of people, uh, and but they want to be scared. I, I think they do. They really do want to want to be scared. But it's it's such a different experience, and uh, to to really find it would be nice to find that core root fear, something besides death. Everybody fears death, but there's got to be something else out there that everybody could look at and go, "Ooh, that." that gets to me, that gives them the chill down their spine or that makes them want to, to feel more. And I, like you said, and like we said at the start, I think, I think fear truly makes people feel alive. Uh, fear gives them that little. And so I just want to keep exploring and looking at fear. Uh, I've read a couple of new books. Uh, I read a, a book just recently about a new author uh, and she wrote about fear and her book was unique. And I've, I've, I was, okay, this is a little bit different. Uh, it was a revenge story, but it was different because it was almost a wrath of God revenge story, uh, but it was horror. Uh, and it was, it was intense. So, you know, finding those keys uh, are hard because everybody's different on what they're afraid of. How do you search for these things that other authors may have missed? Uh, well, I read pretty voraciously. Right now I'm reading between eight and 10 books a week and uh, then writing in between. So I'm trying desperately uh, to find different things. Now I read across all genres, uh, but I'm trying to find good horror stories. Uh, obviously the, the really, uh, you know, the awesome horror stories that have been out there for a long time uh, play some some part in how I approach things. Uh, but when you look at uh, authors and 
I'll drop the name Stephen King. He is not limited to any particular genre. Uh, his action stories are amazing. His non-action, his fear stories, his heartwarming stories. You just don't expect that. So when I look at how he was writing and how he approaches it differently, I, I'm really impressed. And there are a significant number of authors that uh, have that ability to uh, to see to see a more balanced world but they weave fear into a story and that's when it gets really surprising uh, there was a story in the first book called faith and it was written after a uh, it was written at the same time as I wrote a very positive story about faith and how she made the little old woman feel so good and uh, the the old woman discovered that she was great uh, however, in the horror version, and I know that I'm ruining it a little, but in the horror version of the story, uh, Faith uh, has her mask on all the time because of COVID. And the older woman says, well, here, dear, let's take that mask off and takes the mask off. And what's underneath is uh, thousands of teeth, which promptly eat her. Uh, so it, it's a little different approach. But when you're reading the story, you feel so safe in it and comfortable and then all of a sudden all that safety and comfort is taken away and that's kind of a unique way of approaching it too. Were you scared during the COVID pandemic at any point in time when it started as it progressed when we watched it on tv when we experienced it a lot of us had it our friends had it at any point in time during that COVID timeline were you really scared? I wasn't scared, but I was concerned. Yes. Uh, I was concerned because I knew people that have been affected by the disease and uh, I knew several people who had died from the disease. At the same time, uh, I had COVID. Uh, I have three days before I was scheduled to get my vaccine. Mm -hmm. I got COVID with my wife. Uh, we both had it along with two other people that got it at the same time. I documented this on my blog and for 17 days, I didn't have severe problems. I had a mm -hmm. cough for several days that was very painful. And then I had nothing else and was never tired. Uh, my wife was pretty devastated and was very tired and felt bad. Uh, the other woman, uh, she, she actually lost over 20 pounds and had significant problems. Uh, and then her husband ended up in the hospital from COVID. So, you know, I wasn't afraid after I'd had it. I wasn't, I was concerned before, uh, but it, it was definitely something to watch. I was more afraid by the continued divided, uh, I'd, I'd say pure divisiveness of our country and of the people and of the keywords that the media was using. Uh, I mean, it was almost uh, programming because it may or it can or it could. And right. it was all, right. all programming people to be afraid, which is very similar to what I did. The monster could get you. It can, it might, uh, but you never really know if it will or not. Uh, so I was more concerned about people and about how people were reacting and how poorly people were, yeah. were acting as a whole. Handling it overall.
What is the most bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author's event? Most bizarre? Strange, uh, interesting, something that you will never forget or dangerous. Uh, there, was, there was a dangerous situation in one of the events we went to. Uh, and I won't mention names, but I was with another author and we were sitting at a table and behind us was a, another person uh, that was selling another type of item. Uh, and I've, I won't go further than that, but she made mention to us uh, as we were sitting there that uh, she had been hurt by her boyfriend and that he was likely coming to kill her. Uh, and uh, both me and uh, the other author that was with me uh, tried to calm her and uh, keep her from uh, mm -hmm. having a, a hard time. And uh, we, we did a good job, but I, I pretty much went hypervigilant and didn't pay as much attention to the books as I did to keeping an eye on the door. Uh, but uh, mm -hmm. she got out of that situation permanently uh, but it was a, uh, it was, it was very different to go for one thing and then realize that instead of selling books, uh, it was more important to be vigilant in case uh, something happened uh, with this young girl. Uh, now, all that being said, nothing happened, uh, but it was a bad situation, and I've mm -hmm. kept in touch with her occasionally, and she did get out of the situation. She is much better off. And uh, he was, uh, he got in a bit of trouble uh, for uh, threatening her with a firearm. So it was, it was not a good thing to happen. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. All right. Would you like to read to us? And what are you going to read? Which story? Well, I am going to read uh, one of the three uh, stories from the boathouse. There are three stories, one from the perspective of Andrew, one from the perspective of Chrysala, and one from the perspective of Kate. And I'm going to read Chrysala's story. <clears throat> so, uh, the pain seemed to never end. I could set it aside, but it was insistent and had been for so many turns of the sky. The waves lapped against the shoreline with a rhythmic thrum as the water hit the bottom of the structure. I was not happy with this thinkers of warm blood structure, but the man thought it helped. I looked at the water of the large teeth in my snare. I would not be able to be eaten for much longer as the smell of death was now overpowering. I tried to relax in the nest I made in the corner. The fine silk was strong. It had served me well for uncounted turns of the sun and could hold even the most fearsome creature of the teeth. I remembered the giant creatures of old who fought with the forever seers of light like I and how many teeth they tried to use to no result. That was when we were many. Now I may be the last. The eggs that I carry cannot be completed. And as they fail, my system aches and hurts until they can be expelled or reabsorbed into my body. If I found a mate, the pain would be gone. I have not mated since we created the first thinkers of the warm blood. I heard the male who calls himself Andrew in the distance. The threads to me sent by the vibrations I know as he is coming. Perhaps with another who is more pure and I can open their mind and frail body to forever. I am amused at how the first thinkers of the warm blood would have lived as long as I, but they mated with those 
that were not given our venom and became weak and of short life. The nature of the thinkers of warm blood was their undoing. The war that came killed most of the pure and many of the forever seers of the light. We were scattered and used stealth to live. We kept some of the thinkers of the warm blood who survived with us. My last left for food in the time of the great ice and never returned. Each time I tried to help another become more, they did not survive until Andrew. I heard them outside and curled so I would not startle the new thinker of the warm blood. Andrew was certain she would be able to open her mind and her life and was the intelligence to help us, to help me. I made myself not seen at the top of the structure and waited. I heard them speak, their language was simple, but it was difficult for me to make the sounds or imitate as they did. It's this way, Andrew said, out here by the boathouse. This will be the most amazing writing prompt you have ever experienced. Why didn't you bring it to me? All this cloak and dagger and leading me out here alone? You always concern me, Andrew, but never as much as today. You know me, Andrew said, always a flair for the dramatic. That's what worries me, the other said. This is the ocean. It has sharks. You know how I feel about sharks. Yes, I know exactly how you feel about sharks. And yes, I know that the ocean isn't exactly your favorite, but I think this writing prompt will vault you to new heights. I can honestly say that you'll be tied up in it for a long time and never want to get out, Andrew said. His words concerned me as they baited the other. That's not much better, she stated. I know you're very careful about your word choices and just every, about everything you do. And your word choice right now is a little concerning. All right, we're running out of time. Super. Super. We will stop there. Yeah, perfect. Can you announce the details of your giveaway? For my giveaway, for the people that respond on my site, and I will put up a, a site post, uh, I will happily send them a copy of the first book, A Slice of Fear, and a copy of another Slice of Fear. Excellent. I will give this away three times. That's right, three times. And then I will close the, the sign up. Excellent. Your parting shot? My parting shot? You know, be afraid if you can, but enjoy it along the way. <laughs> enjoy your fear. Do exactly. not be afraid to be afraid. My yeah. parting shots, buy indie, read indie, and write indie. Read your local newspaper for inspiration and explore small presses. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.